Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. No one would have believed in the last years of the 19th century that human affairs were being watched from the timeless worlds of space. No one could have dreamed we were being scrutinized as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Few men even considered the possibility of life on other planets. And yet, across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to ours regarded this Earth with envious eyes. And slowly and surely, they drew their plans against us. The wonderful voice of Richard Burton there, segueing lovely into my first guest today, who published a paper back in 2001 indicating that the Earth was under surveillance by extraterrestrials. He was dismissed summarily by all and sundry but now Pentagon UFO Chief Dr Sean Fitzpatrick appears to concur with his views. I'm delighted to welcome to the show Dr Eamon Ansborough who is based at Kingsland Observatory in Roscommon and co-founder of the International Coalition for Extraterrestrial Research. Eamon, afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you as well. Thank you for joining me on the show. Well, do you feel justified? Oh, I do indeed. It's been a, a frustrating period up to, well, certainly the last um, four years. Uh, I think when the Pentagon and the Department of Defense uh, came out with, um, how shall we put it, that UFOs were a reality and we need to study them. So now there's quite a few researchers, and particularly the recent paper that just came out there two weeks ago, uh, to indicate certainly all the research I've been doing. Now, Eamon, everybody is listening with bated breath because we want to know who or what are these extraterrestrials? Okay, all we know so far, and I've been studying this for over 30 years, um, I've worked with another uh, astronomer there back in the 90s, and we actually tackled it. We thought, well, maybe there's something in this. And sure enough... um, after a considerable amount of uh, theoretical work we worked on, we did some experiments and could demonstrate back in the 90s that indeed there is a controlled autonomous surveillance of the Earth by some intelligence of some kind. Um, And we traced this back to the 1880s. This paper was uh, the paper that was delivered uh, in 2001 um, how shall I put it? Um, it's, um, you know, although I had all the data of what I was presenting, I think it became it, 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 uh, quite a lot of the audience went white 
in in what they were shown because it was so dramatic uh, the the details and of course you know when you're presenting such material of this kind um, it comes as a either comes as a shock to some people or at the time um, they couldn't really take it in the the reality that mm. this is possible so we felt we were about thirty or forty years ahead of everybody on this one well. Again, I come back to the point, who are they? Do they materially manifest themselves? Do they come and craft? What intelligence are you talking about? Okay. Um, The intelligence in question, uh, we don't know if it's extraterrestrial or it's certainly some non-human intelligence of some kind uh, that um, has a controlled surveillance going on. Um, since the 1880s. How do, how, how do we know that they're there? How do you know they're there? How, can we see them? Are they in the sky? Have you come across them? Yes, very much so. Yeah, we set up um, uh, an observatory station there back in the year 2000, and we re- uh, relocated the station at uh, an area in Ireland that had a high activity of where this was taking place. Uh, and this was actually near Loch Key in North County, Roscommon. And indeed, we got over, what, the 22-year period, uh, we managed to secure recordings of uh, 40 of these objects. And that's eliminating everything else you would think of, you know, the all the usual aircraft, birds, helicopters, etc. So we're left actually with some constructs that were um, actually but certainly not conventional as we would have thought. But it actually fitted in with the theory beautifully. Um, So we tested it out in eight other countries in 27 locations over a four-year period, and we're also getting the same results. But again, I'm coming to the point, listeners want to know, what do they look like? Who are they? Do they manifest? Are they a danger, say, for example, to civil aviation? Uh, They are a danger to civil aviation civil aviation, indeed. Uh, however, there's been no threat as such over that period of time. It appears to be some sort of uh, uh, reconnaissance, surveillance going on. And in fact, in 1968, there was a Senate hearing on the same topic by Professor James MacDonald. And he came to the conclusion with his team over two years that there was some sort of surveillance going on by UFOs, but he couldn't figure out what type of entities we were dealing with. You know, we know the movie E.T. Are they like that creature? That's a figment, of course, of humankind's imagination, and it is, of course, entertainment. Are they tiny? Are they big? Do they, can we, you know, put an image on them? Uh, no. Uh, we have no idea what uh, entities we're dealing with. Or shall I say, we're definitely dealing with an intelligence behind this. Uh, but no one has actually encountered what this intelligence is. All we know is the manifestation of the craft appearing. Uh, but we have nothing to show what's behind it. OK, so there, is, there are craft or crafts and is there a mothership? OK, well, based on our theory that we worked out Back in the 90s, we can show that the you're dealing with like a super craft, a large type of craft in the upper stratosphere, which would be stealth. So you don't necessarily have to see it, 
But on one of these orbital tracks that we had worked out, there are 660 altogether, by the way, of these orbital tracks going around the Earth. But you'd have a delivery craft, which would deliver a number of probes for the surveillance to go on. And then on another orbital track, uh, you'd have a retrieval craft. So it would retrieve the same uh, probes that were delivered by the other craft, so to speak. So that's based on the theory, but it appears to be working uh, that time back in the late 1990s, in which we demonstrated um, in front of the uh, others, you know, through television and so forth, uh, in uh, 27 locations. And we were getting a high correlation of uh, when these manifested. So these little craft, let me call them, come down to Earth and they observe. They take in data, you believe, and they take it away with them and carry it back to wherever. So basically what you're saying to me is you believe there is an intelligence or a life somewhere else in this universe that we live in or beyond. Uh, Yeah, I do indeed. And I'm not the only one that uh, understands that there must be life out there throughout the universe we couldn't be just ourselves so it's coming in this package that we didn't expect um as i just explained to you and but we don't know who's behind it all we know it is definitely intelligent i don't think it's human intelligence it's some other intelligence uh, but there's no threat there as such and that has been evidential based on or oh, going back to data in the uh, to the 18 1880s and can you rely on that data? It's a long, long time ago. Uh, yes. Um, the, uh, all the data we've got, we based it on 30,000 reports uh, going back to the 1880s. But we only took uh, the best reports, whether it be multiply witnessed or some recordings, and that was only 1,300. So it's an absolute fraction of the 30,000. Uh, but we felt really confident that on just using the 1,300 was enough to provide uh, the patterns and cycles behind it. And that's how we achieved the orbital tracks around the Earth and could demonstrate that at the intersection of some of these tracks is where the events happen. There's specific, um, how shall we put it, using computerized timing graphs, uh, we were able to achieve uh, within plus or minus 20 minutes for the theory to work uh, when the events may occur. So this is happening all the time around us, even as we speak today. This is ongoing, you're saying to me. This happens... Yes. Yeah, this is ongoing. It's 24-7. There are millions of people have seen these constructs, all right? Uh, And, of course, there's millions of people that haven't. And I can understand a lot of people that haven't that would be sceptical, you know, regarding that. So, um, yeah, it's rather exciting, the whole thing. uh, But they're definitely here in our backyard. There you are. And I just thought it was Big Brother, a big government that were spying on us and watching all uh, all of us and trying to manipulate us down the road. There is an intelligence, you're saying, beyond this earth and this life of ours. Um, As I said to you, must feel justified now that the Pentagon UFO chief, Dr. Sean Fitzpatrick, appears to concur with your views. You've been invited, is it, to the UN to speak? Uh, Yes, it's under consideration. uh, Under the... okay. There's the International Coalition for Extraterrestrial Research, and we had a breakthrough there just in January from one sovereign state in Europe who who has approved our, um, how shall I put it, 
to make the announcement at the United Nations in October of this year. Uh, they would actually make the announcement themselves, this country, through the Secretary General of the United Nations. But uh, our project that we proposed to this country in Europe, um, they approved it. It was unanimous by their parliament. Uh, so we were very excited about that to show the reality of this. But uh, I think an enormous amount of governments don't realize the reality of this. Um, and that's expected. You can't expect everybody to know straight away. Uh, so it takes many years mm. uh, to go through the process. Should we be afraid? No, I just explained to you. There's nothing to be afraid okay. about. Okay, I just wanted to ask you that again because, listen, I have a message coming to me here in that vein. So there is nothing to fear here. Correct. I think we're dealing with a very advanced civilization of some kind. And I think it's well beyond our... Uh, how shall I put it? It's not so much the technology, but I, I suspect they're a lot more evolved than we are. Uh, Matty's been on to say, would you ask the gentleman, Jerry? does he really think that aliens travel thousands of light years to merely look at us? That's if they've conquered the many problems uh, related to travelling faster than light. Uh, yeah, I suspect actually that they're using interstellar, okay, in their interstellar travel to us, uh, they're using faster-than-light techniques. So if you were, say, um, 500 light-years away, which is a considerable distance, um, they are probably got here in a number of hours. So it's not a situation because of, uh, in the way we will perceive the universe, we think everything is so vast. But I think for some civilizations out there, I suspect that they're using FTL travel, faster than light travel, and therefore it only takes hours to get here. Amazing. Amazing, really. Look, there's so much food for thought here. And as I said, after all these years uh, of your work and your colleagues and surveillance, etc., this is something to watch, certainly going forward. Uh, At Kingsland in Roscommon, you can see way beyond the human light, way out there. Have you spotted anything yourself, you know, in the skies? Well, most of our research has been dealing with the outer solar system. Yeah. Uh, but this was one aspect of research uh, we carried out back in the 90s. And we have, as I explained to you, we have been doing this surveillance for, well, the last 22 years now. We've got mm. 40 UFOs altogether, right. uh, as we would call them. Uh, but it's all in the Lockheed area. So the reason being why it's there is because the orbital tracks actually intersect there and that's why we're able to pick them up. Yes, and and you say UFOs, and this is specifically uh, in relation to what we've been talking about. Are there potentially other forms of life when you mention UFOs as a generic term? Uh, yes, I, I would suspect there's uh, many forms of life out there, uh, but I also now know that I think we have the life form here. Uh, but it's highly intelligent, but it's coming in a a package that we didn't expect. Really intriguing indeed. I'll be following you and following this for sure now. Thank you so much for enlightening us today. And uh, uh, your work obviously has uh, begun after all these years to pay dividends. I wish you well and I look forward to when you meet these uh, higher echelons of uh, society to bring them in on the picture as well. Thank you so much for joining me, Doctor. Uh, you're most welcome. Thank D- you so much. Not at all. Dr. Eamon Ansborough there.
It seems totally incredible to me now that everyone spent that evening as though it were just like any other. From the railway station came the sound of shunting trains, ringing and rumbling, softened almost into melody by the distance. It all seemed so safe and tranquil. Jerry, I'm so interested in that man. I would love to know his take on the meaning of life and what would his fate be, says Sean. Thank you for that. Somebody else says, is that man for real? It just shows you, you know, yin and yang, the different ways people take guests, of course. Caroline says, you know, what about all those people who disappeared without trace? Would that be any link to it? You know, and so on and so on. They go, I love the wit of late lunch listeners. We were talking to Dr. Eamon Ansborough, top of the show, about aliens and UFOs. Jerry, says Liam, any chance these aliens can play football? They're badly needed here in Mead. Immediate start given. <laughs> I love it, Liam. Well, Talton Cup for Mead this year. No All-Ireland. Well done, Loud. What a comeback yesterday against Westmead. And of course, they will be competing for Sam Maguire. Leinster semi-final to come against Offaly as well. And uh, hopefully a Leinster final for the Wee County. Now we're heading to Canada. Yes, we are. For a very sweet story. And standing by to tell me more is Crystal Westergaard. Hello, Crystal. Good morning. Oh, good afternoon for you guys. <laughs> it's afternoon here. We got you out of bed early this morning, didn't we? I, I do get up early, but <laughs> it's early here. <laughs> it certainly is. We're very grateful that you joined us on the show. Well, well, well. I've never spoken to anybody before who had 133,000 candy bars to give away for free. Um, tell us the story about these uh, rum and butter bars, please. Go back to when it all began. You have a company called Canadian Candy Nostalgia. Yes, um, which is... A, can, a candy company my husband and I just formed when we wanted to bring back a chocolate bar for my elderly mum when she was in nursing home care. And she, she like many seniors, missed their favorite uh, chocolate bar. It had been in Canada since before the war. And um, some company, some big company bought it in 1991, shut it down. So these folks had all not had their favorite bar for 27 years. So my husband and I started that up and uh, after we brought back that bar for my mum my next idea was to bring back a bar for my husband that had been his favorite when he was a little boy and that was the rum and butter okay so the bar for your mum was the cuban lunch bar what does that consist of please the cuban lunch well it's in a little crinkly wrapper a little like a reese's cup and it's but it's 65 grams there's quite a bit there and it has peanuts and just delicious chocolate that's all lovely and your mammy loved it well done to you for bringing it back roman butter we'd be familiar with as well over this side of the world too it would be a favorite so it was bought by a big company and then they close it down and people can't get it anymore and you bring it back to life and bring it back to life in a big way because it was a huge hit for you wasn't it 
Yes, both bars came off really well uh, when we brought them back. Absolutely. The problem with the second bar, of course, when you do anything during COVID, it's it's uh, something's going to get hinked up. But yeah. Mm, so that was the problem. You brought it back, went well, and then COVID, of course, closed the world down. And the company, the company making this bar on your behalf, couldn't produce then at that stage. Uh, we actually brought it back during COVID. Okay. So they were had plenty of time on their hands to plan to make the bar because everyone's at home. And the actual making of it is what got hinked up. So they were supposed to make it in May of 2021. That got postponed, postponed, postponed. They finally were able to make us a batch in July. And they sold like hotcakes. Just In fact, we pretty much had them all sold before they were made. And they made about a quarter quarter million of them. Yeah. So, uh, but after that, again, they they had very intermittent ability to make more. It made it hard to judge how mm. many to make, but uh, we'd always just sell out. So then I guess <laughs> we got a little over our skis, made too many. <laughs> Five and a half thousand boxes with 133,000 rum and butter chocolate bars suddenly arrived on your doorstep last June and you said, what am I going to do with this order at this stage? And I take it then you have a network that you distribute these through, yes? Yeah, yeah, we sell them to wholesalers. So we made a third of a million last year on in June. So we made 333,000 or so, something yeah. close to that. And it's only the 133 of them left a year later that we can't <laughs> seem to sell. So, yeah, we made a lot. We sold a lot. It just... Uh, yeah, we overmade them. <laughs> we made too many. Only by 133,000, which is a, a trifle oh, compared yeah. to Well, what... I probably, probably made a little more than that. We've been trying to give them away, buy one, get one free since January to stores, but they're reluctant to take them. And the only addresses I have is for stores. I'm not really a candy company, you know, expert or anything. I'm a physiotherapist. Mm. Right. So the only addresses we had of people to contact to try to buy them was stores. So we tried giving the stores buy one, get one free, but they wouldn't take it. So I made a plea on my Facebook page to my friends and said, I'm going to have to just give them to charity if I can even find charities who will take them. And then that's when it kind of blew up and got into the press. I guess the member of the press is a friend of mine on Facebook and read it. I did change the privacy settings to just be to my friends, but I guess I have a friend who writes for the Globe. <laughs> you do indeed. And of course, we picked on it as well when we saw the story because it fascinated us here. Uh, look, so you have these amount of bars. The offer two for one didn't run either. The difficulty as well is, isn't there a date on these bars? Yes, that's why the that's why the stores won't take them. The stores will take our fresh bars mm. uh, that have been made with a date of say this coming November. No problem; those are selling. Uh, but the ones for June, uh, the stores will have a rule. I mean, big big companies love rules, and the rule would be say uh, nothing with less than six months shelf life will be purchased. Mm. And then that's just the rule. They won't. We have a huge place here a bit like Sainsbury's in UK I don't know what would be in Ireland but it's a bit like that across the country and they're our biggest customer but they won't touch it if it's not got months and months of shelf life on it so yes the the date on it is the problem which I guess on hindsight uh I guess we should have picked a different date because in reality (laughs) chocolate does not go bad ever actually 
Yes, I was going to say that to you. Sure, it doesn't go bad at all. This is a, a, a an issue that really isn't an issue, but we understand the dates and our Tesco's and Dunn Store Super Values and our big outlets here would be the very, very same as yourselves over there. And not alone the stores, food banks won't take them from you. The food bank, when I asked my staff, because, of course, I have this full-time job as a physiotherapist, so I have people who help me, contract to me to help me with uh, logistics, and I asked her, well, see if the food bank will take it. The biggest uh, city where the food was stored, uh, their food bank website said very clearly, we do not take candy. So uh, we thought, oh, now we are truly sunk. But uh, some other food banks did, once they heard the story in the news, other food banks said they would take them. Mm. And uh, in the end, I, I take it you, you, you're shut of almost all of these bars because uh, drop-in centres in Calgary there for homeless people, uh, Ukrainian arrivals that there for refugee centres, uh, and even the fire department in Saskatchewan took them. Yes, yeah, volunteer fire department. Yes, uh, always, always need to raise money in small in the small centers. So yeah, they did uh, come and take them. So um, running groups that run uh, summer runs, I guess, for energy bars, they took some as well. Yeah, people did come and take them. So they they are all those older bars are spoken for. So your listeners, please don't email <laughs> me for a chocolate bar. Uh, my inboxes are pretty full. People think I'm going to send them a chocolate bar. <laughs> oh, they're so disappointed. They thought they were getting free chocolate on late lunch this afternoon when I mentioned earlier today that you had 133,000, but I'm sorry, I wasn't disingenuous. They are actually all gone at this stage. So look, at you, you've had great success with the Cuban lunch and the rum and butter. Have you any other nostalgic bars that you're planning to bring back to life? Well, we have brought back one uh, just here at the beginning of uh, American baseball season, and it's for a baseball star named Reggie Jackson. It has been gone for about 45 years, and it uh, was called the Reggie Bar, and it celebrated the day that he uh, hit uh, the home runs and won the World Series for the uh, New York Yankees. So if you have any New Yorkers listening, we have brought back the Reggie Bar, and uh, Reggie Jackson seems very pleased. What's in the Reggie bar? Ooh, caramel. So ooey gooey caramel, uh, peanuts again, and uh, chocolate. Yeah. You're pressing all the right buttons now for uh, me to salivate here as I sit in the studio. What a lovely bar that is. So the Reggie bar is back. There is, but I don't have to tell you this, the same here. There's a fantastic nostalgia for chocolates and bars, etc. Isn't there for uh, Yes from yesteryear, as you probably see there too? Yes, yes, there is. It, back in those days, we did not get a lot of sugar in our diet. Yeah. And so when we had that one treat, well, usually we had to share it with family. So there was that moment of connection because we weren't wealthy enough to all have our own chocolate bar back in the 70s, 80s. No, you shared it with family. And then you ate the sugar that hit all those you know, nerve neurons in your brain while you shared it with family member. Powerful, powerful experience. Absolutely. Sure, we uh, got a treat here once a week and nothing besides. Now, every day is a treat day uh, in uh, this country for sure. Anyway, the story is a nice story. It's all's well that's ended well and the Reggie Bar is back now and watch this space. Check out this wonderful lady and her story. It's all over the place uh, online. But uh, anyway, 
you don't have the backlog of bars now and it's forward Christian soldiers from here on in and just by the way if you eat too much of this candy um, yes Crystal can look after the physio end of things for you this is true (laughs) anyway lovely to chat to you this afternoon thank you so much you're welcome. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. That's uh, Crystal Westergaard there speaking to me uh, from uh, Canada this afternoon. 133,000 bars left. What about chocolate from yesteryear? Louise, your favourite chalky bar from yesteryear that you'd bring back. Have you any in mind? I'm putting her on the spot now. You probably mm. haven't. Can you think well, of anything that is not around anymore that you'd love to well, bring back? Well, I don't back? think it's around anymore. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Smiley bar. A smiley bar. Yeah, they used what to was be ten p. They were like chomps, but they were orange flavored. A smiley bar. The toffee inside was orange flavored. Was it? And it was in an orange. You um, loved it, did you? Yeah, it was lovely, and it was only ten p. Yeah, probably be about twenty quid now. <laughs> <laughs> it was still for sale, but yeah, they were lovely. I, d- I don't smiley think they bar. make them anymore. Right, anyone I help seen us them there? In a while. Anyone see a smiley bar in a while? Is there a chocolate you'd bring back if you could? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. I'd love to hear from you. I remember one called a two and two chocolate bar. Do you remember that? No, no. two and two. I, I know... Um, Oh, yeah, that was a really nice bar. Ernie's, I think, used to make it a two and... Uh, what did I say it was? A two and two <laughs> or a one and one? <laughs> I think it was a two and two. You Help sure me, existed. please. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a two... Was it Theresa Judge? Theresa Judge, if she's listening, can help me for sure. I think it was a two and two and in Ernie's bar. There was a lovely uh, soft caramel on one side and a white... I think caramel on the other. Do you know what I mean? It's contrast. You know the brown coloured caramel, yeah. yes. And I think it was a white... Oh. I don't know what it was. There was a white filling in it as well. Can anyone out there help me? Was it a Sounds two and two bar from Arnie's? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's somebody saying, a Cadbury's bar called Fuse. Fuse oh, was a lovely vaguely. bar. F-U-S-E. Fuse, anyone remember that one? Anyway, if you have thoughts on chocolate boost. bars from yesterday, the Boost, I think a Boost is bad. Is Boost still... Is, is that the coconut in the middle, no? don't know. Kind of coconutty bounty. taste. Bounty. No, no, that, no, no, this, no, I love you bounty. You like bounty? No, I love, oh, bounty. Yeah, I love bounty. Boost bars. I didn't like, but I thought there was some kind of weird taste. Yeah, bounty bar. Uh, is there a thing called a drifter bar? Yeah, I love drifters. There's somebody in with a drifter. Drifters are lovely. Are they? Yeah. What's in a drifter? Um, It's chocolate and caramel, but it's really chewy caramel. It's not like the Twix that has the caramel and the shortcake. Oh. This is re- it's lovely. Drifters were lovely. There you are. They were 25 pence. Well, they, <laughs> I should say £25 now they cost you yeah. to go to the shop. Chocolate bars from yesteryear. Anyone remember the two and two? Am I right or was it's it the, the one, one and one? one. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they're running myself all together. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. 
Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Help me, folks. Back in a moment and we have a story. Well, a story about a lot of lotto scratch cards. Thank you so much, Hester. Yes, it's a two and two, Jerry. Lovely chocolate bar. Another listener saying, my favourite bar of all time uh, was the two and two, Jerry. Uh, a tiffin, a listener loves the Calypso, Michael and Minolte. Touchdown bars. Touchdown, I don't remember those ones. And more besides, thank you so much. Retrospective chocolate and bars. Have you ones you'd love to see revived again? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. We love hearing from you on Late Lunch. Michael Muckian is chairperson of Cooley Community Alert and spokesperson for the Peninsula Marine Litter Project. And I'm sure it th- he thought he was in the money the weekend. Hello, Michael. Afternoon, Jerry. If only, if only. <laughs> there was nothing on the scratch cards, was there? Nothing on them, no. And I don't think it was um, Councillor Anton Waters found them in front of me. And I think if there was, he might have handed them to me. <laughs> anyway, on a serious note, tell us the story, please. So we have a marine letter group. Um, we won the Clean Coast National Award two years ago. Um, we done a clean-up on Saturday in Rock Marshall because it was World Earth Day, mm. um, which I know you said covered on the station. And your very own LMFM, Jude O'Connell, was with us taking part and we were just setting up in the car park and we came across what looked like someone had had a, a little bonfire and mm. um, thankfully included in it is some identifiable details and um, council of waters contacted the little warden who was on site first thing this morning and hopefully a prosecution will follow but jerry there was i don't know if you've seen there's a photograph up on lmfm's yes. facebook and twitter yeah there is thousands and thousands and thousands of euros worth of scratch cards. And these aren't the little two euro scratch cards. These were the five, ten and twenty euro scratch cards. There must be, what, twenty inches of them piled up on top of each other? Yeah. Shopping. And, and, and good on God almighty, should these can be recycled? You know, that's the <laughs> annoying part of this. The, the paper. And they are recyclable now. Um, the person would have had to drive more than likely past the recycling centre even in Dundalk to actually try and set fire to them. Yeah. So so they tried to burn them and the remnants of them are left there. Well, nearly the bulk of them are left there when you look at it as well. The fire didn't do much to them. Or, for as simple as this, Michael, we all have green bins. Put them into the green bin. Yeah. uh, They're so easy to have been disposed of in the correct way. And absolutely, you know, we feel for the person that dumped them. Because quite clearly with that value's worth of items, this person may have a, an addiction or a problem. But at the same time, there's no excuse for coming out and dumping it, trying to set fire to it along with other waste yeah. and causing damage to the environment. You are a big part of uh, the community there and an activist, along with many others, uh, of course, as well. Do, do you feel this is uh, getting worse or, or is it, you know, would something like this be exceptional? 
This was a rarity. Okay. Uh, thankfully, I don't know if you've seen the pictures from, from this year. We, we got less waste this year, and it's exactly a year since we did that exact same spot in Rock Marshall than previous years. Unfortunately, we still filled a hundred of those big refuse sacks in two hours on Saturday in the rain. Mm. And when you, that's everything, Gary, from cotton buds to bottles to a car tyre. You name it, we tend to find it. Yes. It is getting slightly better. We commented ourselves, well, finally, after four or five years of doing this, we do the coastline from Dundalk out towards Omeet. Mm. We are starting to see a difference, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And the more people that come out and help, um, the better. We were very fortunate on, on Saturday, Loud Volunteer Centre had a number of volunteers. One of the large multinationals, PayPal, sent employees out to help us. So Great. we can make a difference if we all yes. do our bit. Do our bit and, and, and refrain from this idiotic, uh, you know, what would you call it, um, habit of, you know what I mean, trying to do something with stuff that can be easily recycled, either in a recycle centre or in a bin. If people want to join you, do you do this periodically or how can they get in touch with you? We're out every couple of weeks. Right. Um, we've got our next one set up now in May. We've got one set up in June. You can contact us, um, Cooley Community Alert or Peninsula Marine Litter Project. They're both on Facebook. They're on social media our mobile number isn't is, is everywhere it's on all our signage throughout the area Great. 087 706 8623 and you can contact us and join in at any time we're out um, we're out this Saturday again actually we're doing more inland we're doing over by Ratcore Ballinamara um, and inland one is part of the National Spring Clean so we're including Ratcore School and the local townlands are all going out on Saturday noon. The best everyone's sitting outside their own house, the little stretch of road. And again, we'll make a difference. You will make a difference. Love talking to you. Thank you for joining me today. Well Good done guys. with all you do, all your people and yourself, Michael. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Michael Mucky in there. I have to say I love this TV series and I'm delighted that it's coming back and we're going to talk about it for the next while. Yes, Raised by the Village, you remember it, I think it was 2019 the last uh, series was produced, but it's on the claw again and I'm delighted to say hello to Ruth Roden, who's a senior producer with Wacka TV, who are producing this show for RTE. Ruth, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Jerry. Not at all. You're very welcome. Lovely to be here. It's great to have you with us as well. I, I mean that. I, I watched every episode the last time. This show has something. I, I, what, how do you say what it has? There's something really special about it, it's isn't It's a very, there? very special uh, series. It's a family show. It's a series that goes out on RTE1. Uh, and it's it's heartwarming. Mm. It's, you know, you, you watch a, teen, a teenager essentially go through a bit of a journey that may be struggling with one thing or another, maybe on their phones too much, you know on their PlayStation too much, just tiny little bit have gone the wrong way and just need that little bit of uh, encouragement. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's really lovely to watch that because it's real, it happens. Mm. There is a transformation. I know it's only a week, but at that age, that's huge. Mm. You know, in, in that like 13, 14, 15, a week is a long time in a teenager's life. And yeah, it's amazing. It's a lovely uh, series to work on. Yeah. I'm sure it is. So the premise is, for anyone listening to us that doesn't know today, you're looking for teens, urban teens, to spend a week with a family in a rural area. Absolutely. That's it, folks. That's what we're looking for. And that's why Ruth is here with us today. So what, what's the age definition? Between what ages are you looking 
So we, we, we're very interested in sort of 13 to 16. We look at a 12 year old as well. And we might even look at a 17 year old, depending on their kind of where they're coming from and their story and where they are in their at the stage in their lives. I mean, we we find from talking to families and parents and teens that COVID had a real effect on on teenagers lives. And perhaps they're maybe not as mature, mature maybe is not the right word, but they haven't lived as much perhaps because of COVID. Worldliness, they've Ab- missed that, Absolutely, didn't they? absolutely. And because of that also, um, we've been finding talking to parents is that the kids maybe got more involved in being online, social media, playstations and all that sort of stuff because they were very restricted. Um, and maybe they're, they're more involved than they kind of should be if, COVID hadn't happened. Yes, yes. So it, there the kids were interested in in kind of talking to. Um, yeah, and we're talking to some really nice parents and teens and kind of essential kind of issues, maybe um, small issues, maybe, maybe they're just being on their phone too much, they're on the PlayStation too much, might be slightly affecting their homework, maybe gone through first year. I know second year is a really hard time for a teenager, First year seems to be easier and then it's heads down in second year. And that's maybe when some of the sort of problems, you know, may yes, start to arise. Yes. And a week spent in this new family, let's yes. say, for the week in a different environment can unlock so much, I know, and help as well. Now, um, what is the process? Somebody, they apply first. You have to apply. And then is there an interview? What, Absolutely. What? So we encourage the parents to get in touch with, they can get in touch with me. Um, it's Ruth at Wacker tv.ie I can also leave my number here we have a chat with the parents we talk it through with the mum and the dad and then we have a chat with the teen and then we, you know there's various processes to go through we have to make sure everyone's on board you know everyone's in agreement and they understand the process um, because we do take the teen for a week mm. And, you know, they're not in touch with their parents for that week. Yes. So, you know, a lot of kids have to get their heads around that and a lot of parents have to get their heads around mm. that as well. But it's a really good thing. Mm. So, um, and it's a break from all all things digital, um, you know. Yes. We, we hope, we, we absolutely hope. So we, we're kind of calling it a digital detox. Yes. Which is a wonderful thing mm. for a teenager to go mm. through because we, you and I have experienced that because we didn't have that when we were growing up. But now they're just bombarded with it. Yeah. And, you know, I know all kids love it, but sometimes I bet they would absolutely love a break yeah. from it. And that's an integral part of this as well. There is a break from that online 100%. world. That's a big part of this, just to consider this if you're listening to us today. So do you have a teen in that category? Are you a teenager listening to us this afternoon at the moment who feels yourself that might be just something for me. Film a ticket will uh, work around school at Absolutely. times, Absolutely, over the summer holidays. Yes. Yes, so that's another thing. It's a great week to pack in for a teen when they're off for 12 weeks. Um, so absolutely, it, it's it's a week and it's over the summer months. Mm. Yes. So there's no issue there. Won't cross over with schoolwork or anything like that. And you will make new friends for life. That's what's happened from the previous series. 100%. People have become so friendly. Really good friends. And some of the teens have gone back. You know, they go back with their parents. They go back with, with friends and they spend time with the families again because they made lifelong friends in the village, which is so nice. So, Ruth at wackatv.ie. .ie. And that's spell wacka? 
W-A-K-A. W-A-K-A. Ruth yeah. at Wacker TV. And we will have Ruth's number here. Brilliant. If anyone's interested, you can ring in on the main number there and we'll pass the number on to you to get in touch. But God, you've been a busy woman over the years. Independent <laughs> producer, producing different shows for our national broadcasters and other besides. But I have to ask you, uh, you were London for the last while producing this SAS Who Dares Wins, Ruth. Was. What was, was that like? That was intense. No, it was wonderful. It was amazing. It was such an experience. There's 150 involved in that show. 150. I know it's an awful lot of people. So it's, like, I think, 114 travel over to whatever country we go yes. in. We were in Jordan and then we were in Vietnam for the for the latest series. Um, and it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's a huge beast of a series. And, you know, the DS, the four guys who do it, lovely, 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 lovely individuals. And the, the team are great. We had some... I took three or four Irish... Um, colleagues with you know with me because um they're great at what they do and so we had a, yeah we had a great time i mean in jordan the the actually the people in jordan remind me of irish people they're so friendly mm. they bring you into their house they'd give you i mean they are genuinely the warmest people i think i've ever met mm. um vietnam as well a great reputation for a lovely a lovely warmth to the people there too yes absolutely yes absolutely we had lots of yeah, we had lots of experiences in Vietnam. You know, we'd rain. We had, yeah. Irish people, rain. Come on. Yeah, we had rain. We had a lot of rain. <laughs> My jeepers, if you were in this country since last flooding. October, yeah. you'd know all about it yeah. too. <laughs> we had, um, yeah, we were we were there at the beginning of the rainy season, so I that see. was a challenge. Yes. Um, yeah. And we had to postpone filming for like a day or two, but um, it all got sorted. And the local Vietnamese were amazing. Mm. Yeah. No, really. it's a it's a tough show to participate in. Like you know, for yeah. people taking part, there's, this is no holes barred. Like no, no. Mm. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, th- these people are very, very specific people. Mm. They're people who work out for hours and hours every day. I mean, it is their complete life. And then they decide they want to push themselves even further, and so they they uh, take the course. But the course is genuine. Mm. It's absolutely genuine. Like there's no retakes. There's no, oh, you didn't do that very well. Do you want to do that again? They have one go at those tasks, challenges. And if they mess up, that's it. They mess up. So remember that when you're watching it again, because people might have that in their minds with the SAS who dares wins that there, is, there isn't. It's as it happens. That's it. No holes barred. Genuine. The truth. No messing with they, they have They're on rations, as they would be if you were doing a course like that. They're on, you know, sleep deprivation. They go through everything that one would go through on mm. a genuine course. And the boys feel very strongly about that. The DS, you know, they, 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 they're not making a TV show. They're making, they're doing a yeah. course. They're running a course, mm. which is great, which is. What about you? And with all your experience through the years, uh, was this eye opening? What did it bring more strings to your bow? Oh, yeah, I think so. No, absolutely. I think so. Um, it's very pure. That show is very pure. It's mm. called. Um, actual, it's called, yeah, actual, actual reality, actual, it's pure, mm. you know. Now, get, getting back to um, Raised by the Village, very much the same. I mean, when the, when the child goes through, when they're asked to do a task on the farm, you know, they get one, one go at doing it. And if they do it well and enjoy it, then great. If they don't, that's okay as well. We don't go back and say, oh, can you do that again? Can you mm. smile a bit better? Can you? It's very, very uh, pure, yeah. which I think the viewer can tell I think you can tell when you're watching telly yeah. and that makes it good telly 
doesn't it? It does. Yeah. That's what it's all about. When it is truthful, it is as is, and that's what it will be. So just to remind you again, new series coming up to be filmed during the summer. Ruth Roden is a senior producer with Wacka TV. That's W-A-K-A TV. And we're looking for urban teens from Louthan Mead and surrounding counties to take part. Here's a great opportunity for a young person in your life. And if you're a young listener to us today, go on, give it a go. I didn't encourage you. Wish you well. Hope you get somebody from Louth and Mead to represent us. Thanks for dropping in. Thanks very much. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Patrick Swayze from the movie Dirty Dancing going back to 1987 on your late lunch this Monday afternoon. We have really good news on the two and two chocolate bar, I believe. There you go, Jerry. Yeah, it's on the way back. Woohoo! Uh, there's reports here the two and two, the luxurious, almost decadent chocolate bar once made by Ernie Chocolates, That's them. is on the way back. Hopefully, in the next year to two, um, by the new owners, Leo Cummins uh, reports this at Hazel Hazelbrook Confectionery. They have bought and they still have the moulds. Yes which made the chocolate with leprechauns on them. I never apparently. remembered those. So I ate thousands of leprechauns in my life and I never <laughs> did, yeah. even remembered. It's a, it's a tricky bar, I'd say, to make. Yeah, I think it, it has to, there's four different stages. Yes. So I'd say that may, might be why it was it was got rid of in the in 1985 really? and brought back for a short time and then got rid of again. I think I may have many moons ago on this show interviewed the person who bought the Orny name. And they might have taken it on for a little bit. But there mm. you are. Anyway, the two and two is on the way back. Oh, Not the one on one, two and two. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, sad news today. Len Goodman, Strictly Come mm. Dancing judge, has passed away at 78. He was judge from 04, 2004 to 2016. And then he went to the States and he was judge and dancer with the stars up to last year in the USA. He was brilliant, Len. What a wonderful judge. A 10 from Len. That was his uh, trademark when he saw a brilliant dance, for sure. We remember him today. And over the weekend, one of the funniest. One of the funniest. Barry Humphreys, a.k.a. Dame Edna. Oh, so brilliant. Mm -hmm. 89 years of age, had a hip operation, complications from it, passed away, was working right up until the end as well. A simply brilliant man. I was looking back at him today when he appeared in the Royal Box with Charles and Camilla. Oh yes, I thought that was brilliant. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. But look, uh, to remember him today, let's go back to a famous Parkinson interview with Dame Edna. And also there was uh, Judi Dench and Sharon Osbourne, 2004. I have a dysfunctional family. There's no family. Drugs? Nightmare. I don't know what they get up to. Substances of some kind. (laughs) My daughter Valmay, who was a lovely child, Judy, you met her when she was just a little one. I brought her around to see you, bless her. She's... She is into shoplifting in a major way. Waitrose, I said, look. Do it at Harrods. I said, you're bringing shame on the family. Can't it be Harrods or something? <laughs> And she's been frisked by the same heavily built security officer so many times. And now they're living together, isn't it? <laughs> this woman's name is Frankie Clitheroe. I mean, one minute, Michael, she's wanding my daughter in a back room at Waitrose, wanding her. 
Frisking her, patting her down. And the next minute they're shopping together in Ikea. Can you <laughs> so I don't know. I can't move fast enough for the young ones, Jude. What about, what about Kenny? Kenny? Kenny, yes. Oh, he designed this, isn't he? He's so talented, Kenny. He's a... He's a practicing homeopath, as a matter of fact. I'm pretty sure that's what he said he was. Darling, let's face it, I'm... I have two Valiums and a big mug of Ovaltine and I was in bed a bit woozy and Kenny came home very late after a Stephen Sondheim tribute. <laughs> Steve's watching too, bless him. And uh, he said, I'm a homeopath, Mum, and so is my roommate. <laughs> uh, he's a lovely boy. Oh, my is. son's roommate, you oh. would adore. He's very, he'd love all those show business stories, What's Judy. His name? his name is Clifford Smale. Oh, and, uh, he's. He's American. He's from the Boston area. Quite religious. He was an altar boy, as a matter of fact. He, uh, he, he toyed with the priesthood. Jill, I'm talking too much, no, as no, usual. No, no, I mean, I mean, look at me. Am I overdressed? I think <laughs> I am. <laughs> Judy and Sharon, what funeral have you just been? <laughs> now let's do this at this time on Late Lunch. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number five from this week in 1977. And when I tell you... The guy singing this one has a unique distinction. Does anyone remember the show Opportunity Knocks with Mr. Huey Green? Well, this singer-songwriter has the record of having won most shows in succession. Yes, he was the winner for 12 weeks in a row back in 1977. And he produced two albums subsequently, had a nice little run, but the song I'm playing today, yes, is his biggest hit. It rose over a period of six weeks on the UK charts to end up at number three. But in this particular week, it had dropped back to number five. Do you remember him? Mr. Bernie Flint and his biggest hit. Come the morning, find you gone, Well, I won't mind. It's not that I don't love you, baby. You know I do. But I don't want to put no hold on you. Bernie Flint. 12 weeks winner on Opportunity Knocks back then, 1977. And would you believe he's still performing regularly and active on the after-dinner circuit where he lives. We wish him well. Number five from this week in 1977. 4321 coming your way over the rest of the week here in Late Lunch round about this time. So much talk about the blue tick on Twitter and I see over the weekend there was a U-turn by the company and the ticks were given back to certain people. So what's it all about? Well, my next guest surely knows. She is the tweeting goddess Samantha Kelly hello again hello Jerry lovely to be here again thank you for joining me on the show so 
what's the significance for people who don't know of a blue tick on Twitter, Samantha? Okay, well, on Twitter, if you had a blue tick, it meant that you were verified by Twitter, which meant that you were adding value to the community, you were a celebrity, or you were a government, like a journalist, or someone of importance. Um, you know, could be maybe a government minister or a celebrity. And, you know, Twitter didn't give them out easily. Um, they did open up to applications at one stage and you could apply, but there was certain criteria you had to meet that, for example, you were adding value to the Twitter community and so on. OK. And is there such a thing as two blue ticks as well? Well, <laughs> since Elon took over, <laughs> it's been a bit mixed up because... Right. Um, what happened was Elon decided that all these people, including myself, I had a blue tick. I was really happy that I got my blue tick because, like, if you see two Twitter experts and one has the blue tick, you're going to go with the girl with the blue tick. So, you know, it's just kind of like a badge, like a kind of a quality assurance badge nearly, you know. Um, and um, what happened was Elon decided and the team decided they would take away the blue ticks from people, but you could subscribe mm. to keep your ticks. So okay. I was like okay does it really matter to me is it an ego thing that I have this blue tick does it really matter to me so I looked into it and it turns out that um, I subscribed uh, it's 8 euros a month and I subscribed to keep my blue tick Um, but what it means is there are are great um, advantages to it so I said I'd let my community know how I get on so you can tweet for longer you can have longer videos, longer form videos, because at the moment they're only two minutes, uh, 20 seconds long mm. that you can post on Twitter. Uh, you can have access to folders for your bookmarks. So as an avid Twitter user and someone who uses Twitter a lot and values it a lot, I decided that it was worth the eight, nine euros a month. OK, so about 96 euro in the year. So to you, it offers you greater possibilities on yes. Twitter. That's basically what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. And there are people thinking, see, it's all rumours at the moment, you know, because nobody really knows what's going on, you know. But at the moment, there are a lot of celebrities are not happy about having to pay to keep the blue tick. And I, I wasn't sure whether I would either. But the fact is, it's not just that you have a blue tick. It's actually you get more use out of Twitter. You can do more things on Twitter. And I believe, I firmly believe that Elon is actually going to make this platform even better. So I think, well, you know, I might as well be in those people that are going to get the access first. So, you know, surely we're going to get the access first if we're already subscribed. So Mm. for me, it's value, especially in business and especially for what I do. He took the tick away from the Pope. I'm sure Francis can afford eight euro a month. Yeah, and then they have um, for big organisations like media organisations. There's a gold, yes, um, and that one is more expensive. That's a thousand a month or something. So there are different, um, but like this is a company, like it's a business, so they have to make money some way, Mm. you know. So I mean, I I'm not against this because it gives me great value, and I also believe that if I see other people with blue ticks like me, that means obviously there are people that enjoy Twitter as much as I do. So. Mm all good for me. And I wonder did they choose the colour on purpose for government accounts? You get a grey tick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it was just, I think people were annoyed because, you know, uh, it, it, they 
they felt that it gave them a certain amount of status and um, algorithm wise, which if people listening might not even understand it, what it means is, you know, some people think, oh, well, I won't be seen as much and people won't see my tweets as much if I don't have the blue tick. So there's a whole thing about that. But, you know, I, I've subscribed and I will report back. I'll, I'll figure out if it's any better or worse or whatever. And um, I will let my community know because, you know, I'm the tweeting goddess and, you know, it's my job to know these things as well, you know, to be aware of what's happening. But for me, I haven't noticed a big difference. Mm. The only difference I've noticed is that I can actually use it better. Yeah. Mm. And I I saw some other celebs complaining and now some of them have got them back as well. And I don't know whether they've been charged or whatever for it. But again, as you say, it, it, it has to be paid for. And he's come in and made huge sweeping changes to the company in terms of numbers. And I, I, I did see him talking about, you know, it's viability financially. And, and of course, we understand that any business needs to be viable financially. Again, I, I remember mentioning this the last time, being someone who's deeply involved with it, loves it, prominent on Twitter, etc. Do you feel, you do feel that, you've said to me a moment ago, that you feel Elon Musk is going to develop this further, that'll become even stronger, because there was worries that it might just slip away, Twitter. Oh, I don't think so. If anything, he's going to make it, like, I think it's going to become an all-in-one platform. I reckon there'll be choices like taking payments for business, shops. I reckon there'll be video um, conferencing, like, you know, like Zoom. I think if he's going to do this, he's going to do it right and he's going to, he has the the team behind him and the, the intelligence and the, the, the skills skill set to yeah. make it whatever he wants to make it and mm-hmm. uh, look if it disappears tomorrow okay well I'm on LinkedIn as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's not a big deal but you yeah. know for me it's changed my whole life so I, I want to be loyal to the platform that's changed my whole life it's like paying for Facebook ad you know if, you, if you're on Facebook you notice probably that mo- not many people see your posts but if you boost it and pay for it mm more people will see it. Yes. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing is right. Samantha, have to leave it there today. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Samantha Kelly there, the tweeting goddess on the ticks. That's it on Late Lunch this Monday afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with The Drive. See you tomorrow at half one. We leave you with the number one in the UK charts this week from Mr. Lewis Capaldi. I miss knowing what you're thinking. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.